the star in the sky. Descendants. Bizarre. It seemed amazing that, uh, that this would happen. Also, even more amazing that, that, that when they were younger, when they were younger, then they'd not be able to have children, Abraham and Sarah. So they'd not be able to have children when they were at the age to, to have, have children. But now they were too old anyway. And God says, You're going to have uh, a great uh, nation with a great descendants. But he tells us in the Bible in Genesis 15, verse 6, Abraham believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. Not coming up yet. That's Galatians. That's Galatians. It's coming up soon. I got the first line right. <laughs> Abraham believed God. He believed what God said. And God declared him righteous because he believed what God said. In the New Testament, now's your time, John. He says these words about Abraham. He says, Abraham believed God, and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. The real children of Abraham, then, are those who put their faith in God. What's more, the scriptures look forward to this time when God would make the Gentiles right in his sight because of their faith. God proclaimed this good news to Abraham long ago when he said all nations will be blessed through you. So all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. That's what, it, that's what he's talking about in that song when he says we're, we're, uh, we're children of Abraham. What Paul is saying here is that we are saved, we're putting a, a right standing with God not through the things that we do, not through trying to be good people, not through trying our best, but we put in a, in, in a right stand with God through our faith in Jesus. When we recognise what Jesus has done for us, when we recognise that he has died to set us free, when we put our faith in Jesus, in that, in that, that truth, then God declares us righteous. Abraham was declared righteous when he put his faith in God, that, that happened before the law came. Before God gave the law, these Old Testament laws, God declared Abraham righteous through his faith. Those of us trusted in Jesus, trusted in him to save, will declared righteous. So all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. That's what we just read. That's all a bit of background, I mean, uh, really, but uh, to what we've got to say. God made a promise to Abraham that he was going to be a father of many nations, but Abraham decided to throw a bit of a spanner into the works. Because when God first called Abraham, he gave his promise then. A short time later, well, quite a while later, 11 years or so later, God renewed that promise. Abraham decided that when God made his promise, he was going to help God out. God had got himself into a tricky situation, hadn't he? You know, he made this promise, how on earth could this happen? How on earth could Abraham and Sarah have children? Sarah said to Abraham, she made, uh, made a suggestion. She said, look at me. 
you know, I'm not in me first flush of yours, I can't be looked at me later, look at you as well, you know, we're not, we're not going to become parents. So she suggested to Abraham that he sleep with her servant. Now, that's, that's what happened in these times, that the servant had become a surrogate mother. It's, uh, it's not as hard for men who are older to father children. Charlie Chaplin had one in his 70s or 80s, I think, child, fathered a child. But, so, um, uh, Sarah suggested that uh, Abraham sleep with, uh, with the servant and would have a child that way. And that way the promise would be fulfilled in, in their eyes. So that's what happened. Um, and a child, child was born. As, as far as Abraham was concerned, the promise was fulfilled. But it caused problems, as you can imagine, in between Abraham and Sarah. And the servant caused contention and jealousy. This wasn't, I got it planned in. But Abraham and Sarah tried to help God out of a tricky situation. They thought God had backed himself into a corner. And so they thought that they'd help him out a bit. And they didn't tell things really at all, did they? Have you ever tried to do that? Have you ever tried to help God out? You know, God's pretty good at helping himself out. God is pretty good at, you know, there are no tricky situations for God. They're all, all easy for him. But yet, this happened just a short time after Abraham was declared being righteous because of his faith. As we read, Abraham believed the Lord and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. God declared him righteous then, he does this. But then fast forward 14 years or so, Ishmael is now a teenager, he's 13 years old. He's been born and grown up into a uh, teenager. This is now 25 years after God first appeared to Abraham. <coughs> and it says these words in, uh, in Genesis, uh, on the screen, it says, God also said to Abraham, ask for Sarah your wife. Sarah, your wife, you'll no longer be called Sarah, she'll be called Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations, kings of people will come from her. Abraham fell face down and laughed. He said to himself, will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? And Abraham said to God, if only Ishmael might live under your blessing. Abraham's reaction was to laugh when he heard that. A little bit later on we read that Sarah laughed when she heard the news. Now there might be a number of reactions that you have when at 90 years old you discover you're going to have a baby, but, but laughing is probably not, not one of them. 90 years old, Sarah's 90 years old, and God says she's going to have a baby. But then when when Abraham realised that God was serious about it, he made that cry to God. He said, if all nations might live under your blessing. Because as far as Abraham was concerned, for 13 years since Ishmael was born, the promise had been fulfilled. You know, God had delivered on the promise. As 
vrouwen die het niet op kost, heer van en helpt hem aan. And so, all these promises what God had given to Abraham, as far as Abraham was concerned, they were all contained in Ishmael. But God said, no, that is not the way I planned it. You're going to have another son, you're going to have another son, you and, and your wife, you're going to have a son. 25 years after God's first promise, 13 years after the birth of Ishmael, God tells Abraham, Sarah's birth. He put all his hopes in Ishmael. He fully believed that this was the one that God had promised. When God promises something, he doesn't need us to help him out. He doesn't need us to, to second guess him. You know, you've got a promise of God in your life. And you think, when is it going to happen? And you've been waiting and waiting and you're tempted to just to help God out, just to manipulate circumstances. And think, yeah, I can, I can just, you know, manipulate things. But no, chances are if we do that, we're going to get it wrong. And we're not, it's not going to turn out well. Abraham had to come to the point where he had to let go of his own ambitions, his own, his own hopes. So I'll contain in Ishmael everything that he was hoping for. I'll contain in Ishmael, I had to let that go. God, God still blessed Ishmael and he made him uh, a great, uh, a great uh, uh, man many people. But God's plans that he promised weren't, uh, weren't contained in Ishmael. Any of it, God speaking. Maybe you're doing your best to make sure that, that God's uh, promises to you come to fruition. That's what Abraham did. God's capable of doing it himself. Ishmael wasn't the son that God had promised. Stephen the way Abraham had convinced himself that he was. It was Isaac who was born later. Ishmael represents our hard work in trying to please God. Represents what, what we try and do to, uh, to, to make ourselves right with God. But Isaac represents God's faithfulness, God's faithfulness and his promises to us. You look at Abraham, there's some encouraging things and there's some warnings. It's encouraging that, that just because we have faith, it doesn't mean that we never get it wrong. You know, that good to know. You know, that good to know that uh, in the Bible there are people who get things wrong, who, who mess up. And these are some of the, the heroes of the faith. As you see, Abraham is used in the New Testament as an example of faith, an example of what it is like to have faith. Um, Abraham is used as that example. Abraham was a man of faith and he believed God. God declared him righteous, but Abraham was also a man of faith and he got it wrong. And just because he was a man of faith, it doesn't mean that he was disqualified when he got it wrong. How can he be a man with such a, a great example of faith? At the same, at the same time, seem to do something that seems to, to show a lack of faith. It seems like a contradiction. 
and in the growth. I like it that the Bible is dishonest about the people we read about. It's honest and it tells us the flaws. It doesn't paint a, um, a life picture. Abraham laughed at the wrong time. Have you ever, ever laughed at the wrong time? Have you ever been in a situation when you, you've got to be serious and you, something and you, and you start laughing and, and you just can't stop laughing? Maybe at funerals and, and you know, it's, it's, it's that thing when you start laughing and you, you're trying your best not, not to laugh. But the more you try not to, the more, the, the more you'll, you, know, you find it hard to, to, not, to, not to laugh. Abraham laughed at the wrong time, he got, he got things wrong. Abraham could be an example of what it was to have faith and yet for 13 years not realise it was actually out of God's will. Yet even though he stepped out and not done what God had called him to do, that didn't mean that God couldn't use him in that time. Now we can fail, God can do things wrong, but yet God can still use us. God can still use people who are fallible, people who mess up, people who get things wrong. <coughs> So that would mean that, that throughout all that time that, that, he, that Abraham was disqualified. He was still in God's plan. God still had his hand on him. He was still a man of faith. Still the New Testament uses this man as an example. His faith wasn't invalidated by his failure. It wasn't even invalidated by his doubt. It seemed a contradiction that a man of faith could doubt God. It's possible to have faith and to still doubt and still fail. I find it encouraging that the, the Bible is made of people who, who do fail, who do have doubts. You think that after the Bible said about Abraham that he believed the Lord and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith, that Abraham would have made it. I'm waiting to get to that point. I'm waiting to have some spiritual experience, some road to Damascus experience when all my doubts fall away. When I, when I become perfect, when I become, you know, the type of Christian who never gets it wrong, who starts levitating that three feet in the air, you know, because I'm so holy. I'm waiting for that to happen. It's not happened yet. You know what? It's not going to happen. You know, while I'm still breathing, it's not going to happen. You know, we can look for experiences to make us uh, into more holy people. And we need to get become more like Jesus, but while we're living on this earth, we're going to be people who mess up, people get it wrong, people who fail. Those they count in the book of Acts where um, Peter is imprisoned. James, one of the, the apostles, is, he's been put to death. It's unexpected that he's been put to death and that the church realised that it's, it's a serious. Peter's in prison. So they pray for him, pray earnestly that, that Peter's going to be released from prison because it's, it's, it's serious. God miraculously answers their prayer and he's, he's released miraculously from prison and he goes to the, to the door of the church and Knocks, knocks on the door with a meeting in the house probably and uh, can't get in because it's locked so he knocks on the door somebody goes to the door and they hear, <coughs> hear Peter's voice and said Peter's at the door and the church said no don't be silly Peter's in prison that's why we're praying for him they're praying for him to be released from prison 
when he's released, they don't believe it. You know, this is a new system of church. This is a church where we look to find an example. This is a church who are full of the Holy Spirit. The, church, the Holy Spirit has just come. Just a, a few chapters before. And so this is the church where we look to for an example. But yet, when the prayers were answered, they didn't believe it. They didn't have the faith to believe, to believe that. They had faith to, to ask God. So God honoured that mustard seed of faith. And God can do that again. On the mustard seed of faith, but yet sometimes we can struggle and we can have doubts even though we, we, we have faith as well. God uses imperfect people, people who don't always get it right. I'm glad, I'm glad that He doesn't wait until, we, until we're perfect. Or else this church would be empty this morning, there'd be, there'd be nobody here. Don't wait for us to, to get it all right. So if you're someone who's failed and messed up, then God can use you. Sometimes we wonder, am I prayers really getting through? Is it, is it really? Is God really listening? Waiting for so long. Abraham could live for 13 years convinced that he was in God's will. At the same time, I thought that God's will had been completed to what he'd done himself. But he was a man of faith, this imperfect person. God can still use a person like that because God is amazing. That is God who's amazing. It's God who's, who's so big and bigger than our failure, bigger than the time we get it wrong. That's the, the amazing God that we serve. The amazing God we don't uh, have to rely on our, uh, on our goodness and our uh, abilities to do it right. Abraham thought that he was going to help God out. He thought that when God made a promise that he needed a bit of help to, to get it done, Abraham mixed his faith with doubt. What if it didn't really happen? What if after God had promised this, it didn't really happen. Have you, have you ever been in that situation when you, you, you're sure you've heard God's voice, you're sure you've heard Him speak to you, and then a week or so later, you think, was that really God? You know, was it really God who was speaking? I don't know, I'm not, not too sure. And we come from those times when we, we're so convinced that we've heard God speaking to the time when was it really God? God gives the church many various and varied gifts. One of the gifts that he doesn't give to the church, however, is a crowbar. Mm -hmm. We're never to use a crowbar in order to crowbar uh, God's promises into happening. He can do it himself. We don't have to manipulate circumstances. We don't have to manipulate God. That's, that's really what we're doing. We're saying, I can believe your promises so long as it's my terms, terms that I can understand. God promises something, then it, it will happen. God is faithful and he, he promises something, he's spoken, he's given me a promise, it is going to happen, it's going to come to pass, it's going to come to fruition. 
His, his timetable probably different from ours. That can be the uh, frustrating thing sometimes. But, but God doesn't do things in a hurry. We like to do things in a hurry, don't we? We want things to happen. But God made a promise to Abraham's servant when they were all ready, old people, how ready it was. It was it seemed impossible that a promise would come to happen. But yet, even that, that was the case, he waited another 25 years before he, uh, he answered that promise. He seemed to cut things a bit fine. Do you ever cut things fine? My wife thinks that I'll leave things while the last minute. She likes to keep reminding me. It's always in hand, you know. You know, but it's, you know, it's just that sometimes, you know, I don't need to win while, you know, while the last minute, you know. Since the poor there. I think God will put things a bit fine. But he had it all in hand. He knew what he was doing. He was doing all along. He knew that Sarah was going to have his child. Let's cut Abraham a bit of slack. Let's not judge him too harshly. It was quite a, a thing to believe, wasn't it? When they were, you know, it was delayed for so long, and the promise seems to be unfulfilled for, for all this time. I think we can give him a bit of leeway. If you're anything like me, then. You know, you'd, I want things straight away. I mean, we're, we're living in an age when, I mean, we've got, and send messages uh, by the phone around the world in, in, in a few seconds. You know, uh, when I'm out, when I'm all that, I want you to, you know, if you wanted to send, you know, send a message to, to Australia, they need to either have to get on the phone and pay a, a big bill, or you have to send a letter, and you have to write a letter, you have to take it to the post, and get it away, send it away for it to get, Right, airmail to get to the other side and you have to wait weeks and weeks for the, the reply to come back. Now you can send a message and if you don't get a reply within two minutes and you think something's wrong, you look at your phone, well, what might they reply to me? You know, we're living in that age where we want everything instantly. But God doesn't work like that. God doesn't fall into our time to you. When God spoke to, to Joseph in, in the Old Testament, um, he spoke to him through dreams and he gave him the, the, uh, the promise that his brother one day would bow down before him. It was many years before that was going to happen. When Joseph had the dreams, I'm sure they thought it was going to happen in the next week or two. They would read the story of Joseph and I think you were pretty obnoxious for Joseph. You know, I, think, I think he needed it, you know, that knocking out of him a bit. He was, he was, he was big-headed, and, and he thought, when he got his dream, he thought, it's going to happen soon. But it was a long time. He had to go a lot uh, where it seemed as though this wasn't going to happen. David, when he was anointed king, he was anointed by Samuel and he had to wait years before 
it actually came to happen. Saul was the king at the time. Saul was jealous of David and Saul for years trying to kill David. It was years before it, it came to happen. Moses had to go through 80 years of preparation before God used him. In those 80 years, it's God you know, called him when he was 80. But those, those 80 years beforehand, they weren't wasted years. God was preparing him 40 years going with Pharaoh's household, 40 years as a shepherd. It was a long time before God actually started to. Well, God was always working, God was always planning out before his God, before his plans became evident. God, if he wants to come do things in an instant, and sometimes he will do that, sometimes he might answer prayer instantly. And he can do that because he's God, but sometimes God chooses not to do that. Sometimes God chooses to take his time and sometimes we might be impatient and want it to happen. God's promises might not be how we envisage them. Things didn't work out quite how Abraham had imagined that they would. Ishmael was God's promise fulfilled as far as Abraham was concerned. Then along comes God and tells Abraham that things aren't really like Abraham thought they were. When Jesus came, some people recognised him as the Messiah. His disciples they came to see him, they came to recognise that. But they thought that Messiah was going to be uh, a political leader, someone who was going to deliver them from the, the hand of the Romans. That's what they thought the Messiah was, that's what they thought it was all about. But that wasn't Jesus' plan at all. That's not what Jesus uh, planning to be the Messiah was. He was going to deliver people, he was going to deliver his people, but not from uh, the Romans. From, from sin. Sometimes we have to recognise that God has a different way of working than what we imagine. When we try and put him in a box, it's only a matter of time before we have to admit that his ways are not our own. What does this mean for us? What does this mean for us as Christians today? Sometimes we might think, what is God doing? I'm going through this wilderness, I'm going through a time when there's no evidence that God is working. That's what Abraham, that's what his problem was because he couldn't see God working. He had to try and manipulate things. But God was still working. God was working all along. We like the, the verse in uh, in Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, verse 11, we often quote uh, it. And God says, for I, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to be your hope in the future. That's setting, setting the context of, of Israel 
were not, were in, in captivity, were in captivity because of their sin actually, they were taken away, they were in Babylon, and despite the fact that they had been uh, taken into captivity, and they were in that place because of their failure, God says, I know the plans I have for you, even though you've got it wrong, the plans that I've got for you, they are still good. God has got good plans for us. God has got good plans for our lives. And you might be feeling that you can't see that right now. You might think, well, I can't see what these good plans are. I don't know what they are. I can't see God working at the minute. And it, it's confusing. And you might try and manipulate things and try and work things out. You don't have to do that. You know, sometimes we can try and make our plans God's plans. You know, we, we, we use that, um, that expression, we say, God told me this. And, and we can use it as a, as a sort of get out of jail for me, can't. If I said this, then I'm sick, you can't argue with that. You know, God said it. But, but sometimes we can do that because it's our own. It's our own plans. We've got our own ideas. Chances are, if God has said something, then we don't necessarily have to say that God has said it, because it will become evident. So I don't want to make a way back. But wherever we are, whatever situation we're in, God has got plans for our lives. And just because we can't see what God is doing, doesn't mean that he's not doing anything. Also means we sometimes, as I said, need to stop trying to make God's promises work. We've got, you know, we need to, we need to be active in, in God's kingdom, certainly, but, but when God promises, we need to stop manipulating things sometimes. So, the song that we sing, Waymaker, and it's got his, his word. It says, even when I don't see it, you were working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. Sometimes we like to feel God working in our lives, don't we? And there's nothing wrong if we feel God working in our lives. That's brilliant. I'm not, I'm not saying that, uh, that that's wrong. But sometimes we don't feel God working. Sometimes we're in a place and... And I can't feel what God is doing. And if, and if I had to tell you what God was doing by how I feel, and sometimes I'd have to say, well, I've no idea, no idea what God is doing, because we don't always feel God working. It might be in a service and everybody else might, might seem to be praising and we're uh, really going for it. I might feel, well, I don't, I don't feel anything. Sometimes praise is a sacrifice. There's nothing wrong in it praising when we don't feel like it because when we do that then we can stir up that, that praise within us. And so if you don't feel like praising then, then praise all the same because God is worthy of it. And when we stir that up then we can stir that and we feel that we don't always feel like that. Sometimes we come and sometimes we're in a stage in life and think well I don't know, I can't feel God working in my life. We don't have to feel God working for Him to be working. God is working all the time. God is working in our lives all the time, 24 hours a day. God is working His plans through. God has got plans for your life. He's got plans for my life. And sometimes I don't know what they are. Sometimes I don't know where God is taking. Sometimes 
he's working behind the scenes. And I can't feel it, and I can't see it. But then, as I look back, I see God has been faithful. God has been faithful every step of the way. God has never let go. God has never abandoned me. Because that is, is the God that we serve. He's not, it's not a God who, who does things just to, just to, just for us to see him, to uh, show, uh, even show off. He does things what we need. He doesn't always make it evident at the time. God is always working. God has always announced what he's doing. We're not sure that he's, if he's doing anything in your life right now. Maybe you are feeling that he's not working in your life. Well, God is still working. God is still there. He never stops working. That's something that we can be sure of. And so, if that is you this morning, if that is you where you, you feel, well, maybe because of the fact that I've messed up, that God can't be working in my life. Maybe because I've failed God that he's not working. Or maybe I've just don't know what he's doing along the way. And you're just confused as to what he's doing. God is still working. God is still there. And God is not giving up. He doesn't give up on us when we fail him. And he doesn't give up on us when our faith grows small. Because he can use us and he can work in us even when we're the smallest of faith. Because that is the God that we serve. The God who works in every situation. Because he is faithful. Waiting for change to come 